I knew it wasn't right. And so did the community. The community of people were, were getting loud. Welcome to Shot Callers. I am here with Jackie. She is uh, with HTX Kids First and she's based out of Houston. Um, I brought her on today to talk about something that recently happened in Houston ISD that she sort of blew the whistle on. Um, Texans for Vaccine Choice didn't really go public with this information um, simply because it didn't really fit into our wheelhouse. But I think that it's important for people to understand what's going on locally um, and what could happen in their own school district with their own um, health department. So welcome, Jackie. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me, Michelle. So tell us a little bit about your background, what you do, how you became, um, how you came to have this information um, and what exactly happened. Sure. So I started HTX Kids First three years ago during the whole mask COVID debacle, okay? And a bunch of us parents went out to the school board meetings. We voiced our opinions about the masking. I mean, we kind of ran with it like everyone else did at the time, right? And once that kind of subsided, once Texas finally said, okay, we're not going to do this anymore, we... I say we, I speak for me and and many others in Houston um, that have decided to launch more exposures for other things that are going on. So we originally, I was originally called Unmask HISD and I changed the name to Kids First because at the end of the day, this is all about the kids and they're after our kids on so many levels. And, And it stems from exposures of what's going on in the classrooms um, to politically, you know, driven ideologies going on in the city of Houston and surrounding Harris County um, to whatever else. And, and recently a nurse from Houston ISD reached out to me and I do have a lot of whistleblowers. So a lot of people feel confident to send me information and I am one person I will never break. If you tell me do not expose my name, I will never do that. I just don't, I want to keep that trust. And so a nurse reached out to me and she was very concerned and she said, hey, heads up, HISD is going to do a vaccination clinic in the beginning of November. And I said, okay, is this normal? Like, does this happen all the time? And she says, well, it does, but... We're going to do it on a Saturday, two Saturdays, and they're asking over 200 of us nurses to come in and vaccinate kids, which most of us have never done before, um, and not get paid for it either. So going in on their off time to do something they've never done before and try to get these delinquent students who aren't up to date on their vaccines to go to this clinic. And so it's a parent driven initiative, right? I mean, they're not gonna drag the students there. So that's okay, fine, whatever. At the same time, do you remember Michelle the time when you were a kid of having vaccine clinics from your school? Because I don't, like I I remember none of that. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're kind of common. Um, Typically it's like a, a mobile vaccination unit that comes 
to the school and you know, the kid gets sent home. It's, it, it kind of falls along with like the flu season. So mm-hmm. um, it's usually a flu shot clinic, not getting you up to date on everything. Um, but it's a third party organization that contracts with the school and, you know, the kid gets a consent form that they have to, they are supposed to have in order to get vaccinated. Um, but this is, this is sort of new that they're asking these school nurses who have a very limited scope of practice to not only come in on their day off, but to administer, administer these vaccines and not a third party, like trained nurse. Correct. Yeah. So they partnered with the Houston health department to do this. And that's where I, I felt, okay, this has got to go out. And I asked her for permission. I said, can I share this? Because something doesn't seem right here. And sure enough, she's like, absolutely. And sure enough, I knew it wasn't right. And so did the community. The community of people were were getting loud. And uh, people were defending even the teachers union, which I'm not a fan of the teachers unions. I'm going to be honest with you. But the teachers union was backing these nurses and... um, was really fighting for them either to get paid to go mm-hmm. or don't go at all. Right. And we will help protect your job. So the superintendent gets involved, the new superintendent, which if you're not aware, or maybe your listeners aren't aware, <laughs> the state took over Houston ISD because it's it's kind of a disaster. And uh, not kind of, it is a disaster. And um it's very interesting how this whole process is unfolding. I'm not sure whether he's a good fit or bad fit. It's been really hard for me to put my finger on it from from a the way I'm looking at the way he's right. handling things. You know, I can see that the unions and a lot of the left-leaning folks are very hateful of him, which makes me wonder, okay, are we all in agreement on this or are y'all really crazy and he might be okay. So I haven't, I haven't quite figured that out, but regardless, he was then coming in through emails saying that they had no choice. They had to go to this. And it, many teachers put themselves out there to do extra things. And so they should be doing this too. And even though nurses are a little bit different than the teacher teaching staff, let's be honest. Right. Um, and so <laughs> she was, <clears throat> she was concerned. She got another email from the director from um, HISD nursing. And then it, it, it included a whole laundry list of training that they had to take. And a lot of this training was based from the CDC. And so I went online to go look for it, okay? And so I don't know if it's everything that's available to the public. Maybe there's another portal that has different training. But from what I found, it was just these online modules of how to vaccinate kids and i'm thinking this doesn't this doesn't seem right (laughs) if i'm if if i'm going to take my child to get a vaccination i would hope that that person has been properly trained in the medical profession to do something like this Mm -hmm. and not just go through some cdc online training that anybody can go do like that just doesn't seem or jive right with me and I imagine that that online module had very limited um, information about reactions and what to look for and how long to to wait. Because I I remember when Walgreens was rolling out the the huge COVID vaccine push, 
and they had to create extra room in their clinic area or their pharmaceutical area for people to sit there for 15 to 20 minutes before they were allowed to leave. That was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. But I'm imagining that, you know, this is more of like a a stab and go kind of um, initiative where it's just give them what they want or need and then send them on their way. Yeah. I mean, in, in the list of vaccines, it was all of them plus COVID and flu. Okay. So neither of which are, you know, recommended or required for public health. And so I also um, shared on my posts about, you know, make sure you all understand there is a exemption form Mm -hmm. to fill out. And so the community started sharing that a lot. And the good thing that came out of this was the district backtracked and said, okay, there is an exemption form because enough people made a big deal about it. So I don't know how many people filled it out. Right. So that's, that's news. That's not privy to me, but uh, regardless, the point is, is that they communicated that there is an exemption form, which is good because, you know, I think there's so many parents who have no idea about this. And I mean, I didn't know about it until about three years ago. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. And the guilt I feel for even vaccinating my kid to what he's already got now. I mean, he's 11. So I just, he had, he had ear infections from the moment he was three months old until about six or seven, almost every month. And I know from just the guilt inside of me is telling me it's all these vaccines that we gave him. I mean, at the time they pressure you, right? Right. So I, I, I really regret not knowing about this, but it's not, I mean, again, parents, everyone, it's not your fault. Some of these things were hidden and now we know. And so um, I think it's great that the district did communicate that though, but there were still people who did attend. And, um, you know, I, I know of a case where there was a child who was vaccinated, even though the records stated he was up to date or he or she, I don't know what child it was, but do we know if that child had received a letter to attend based on delinquency or if they just kind of showed up? Don't know. I believe the family showed up mm. um, wanting either a COVID or a flu vaccination. Mm-hmm. It was not read properly, these records, and then received all of the ones the child had already received. Wow. Could you imagine? taking your child to a place they misread the information and then they get every single thing that they already had before onto i mean what does your body do to that i don't i don't know the implications of that i'm not a doctor but i mean that's something that had to have been foreseen to some extent because you're asking these um these nurses who have little to no training mm-hmm. in medical records, in vaccinations, in what I mean is, I mean, I, they do have to know which immunizations are quote unquote required, but um, it's not like they have a lot of real world experience in going through those medical records and then actually executing or administrating uh, and uh, administering these vaccines. So this is something that, 
um, one would have expected there to be mistakes. And this is just kind of a, a very tragic one. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know how many other kids maybe have been affected by this. You know, it's, it's just alarming to me. And I, and I really do believe that there just needs to be more communication to our communities to explain what's going on with this whole process. And I don't know how familiar you are with the CDC, the whole child, um, whole community Mm -hmm. initiative. Okay. (laughs) And so do any of the HISD schools have the the clinics inside? I am not aware of any right now, but that doesn't mean that there aren't. Um, They're very, especially now that the state's taken over, I will say this, I have tried to do a public information request on something very simple Mm. and they wouldn't give me the answer to it. Yet I'm still seeing it being delivered to local news stations. And I'm sitting here wondering, okay, so if I ask for something to that magnitude, are you doing, are you involved in the whole child, the whole community um, CDC program? I, I know if they can't give me the simple answer that I was asking for now, which is blowing my mind because I never had a problem with this before until the state took over. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I am kind of concerned what's going on here because um, I don't know. It's, it's, there's a lot of unknowns with this district and it's Houston. I mean, come on, we all know Houston has its own issues. Yeah. We're we're (laughs) in the heart of like the medical center. I mean, there's, Uh there's a lot of, pressure in that area to prop up the medical mafia, the, you know, big pharma. Um, but some of the Dr. things, Hosey, Dr. Hosey's <laughs> a big voice in this community that a, a lot of trust, sadly. Yeah. Well, some of the things, you know, we got some, we got a few people that sent us your post um, and wanted to get more information. And they were really um, kind of, taken aback by the fact that uh, the Houston Health Department was so heavily involved in this initiative. And this is actually something that I had learned only recently that each local health department has its own MTRAC coordinator. Or I don't know about each local health department, but many have their own um, MTRAC coordinator. So um, MTRAC is the state's immunization registry. It is um, opt-in. So typically when a baby is born, they give you a, you know, you get a stack of, of different forms to fill out. And that's one of them where you are consenting um, to add your child to the state's immunization registry. And every time your child gets an immunization, it is supposedly added to the database. It's not a foolproof system by any means. Um, But children aged one through 18 uh, can be opted into the system by their parents. Well, the local health department's MTRAC coordinator communicates with school districts and private schools to audit their records and to know which kids are not up to date. So it was not a huge surprise to me having learned this about a year ago, but there are a lot of people that don't understand that your child's immunization records are not just um, open to the eyes of the state and the the district itself, but also your local health department who can then, you know, use that information to, as we saw in this case, offer catch up. But it's, the system is so 
multi-layered in Texas, which is shocking to a lot of people because we're such a, you know, we, we love Liberty here, right. In Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have this immunization re- registry. It is often incomplete. It's very difficult to opt out of it once you're in, but it's used in such a way that in, in ways that people would not expect. So I, I encourage everybody to get in touch with the state and see if your child is registered with MTRAC. And if you're not comfortable with that, to try to withdraw them from the system. That way, this kind of information is not being so easily shared between entities and, you know, your, your information is not just out there for everybody to see. But another thing that, like I touched on before, like these vaccination clinics are not super uncommon, but the fact that it was was so coordinated between two government entities and it's not something that you can just like, if you want it, come and get it. It was targeted towards specific children. They, and, and we have this issue every single back to school season where school districts or individual campuses are putting out information about, you know, get up to date or, you know, no shots, no school, but they're not giving the information about exemptions. Mm-hmm. One red flag that came up for me with this entire situation was who's considered delinquent? Is it a kid that has an exemption for specific vaccines, but they're still considered delinquent? I mean, is the definition was never really um, put out there for everybody to understand. Did you get no, insight on No, I don't. But they sent out several emails to parents weeks leading up to it. Okay. Um a friend of mine, she, she has two children in the district. And so she receives all the emails. And so she was telling us, she says, Hey, they're sending out these emails before the nurse even came to me. And, um, I said, okay, so they're just reminding people to get their kids vaccinated. Like what's the deal? You know? And it was just almost every week. And she says, this is crazy. It's, it's, nonstop, just reminding to get the kids vaccinated. Then I think that's when that last email came out is when they mentioned the exemption form because of the backlash. Yeah. So, but it was, it was a long time that they kept pumping these emails out. And remember, HISD has about 190,000 students. It's huge. Yeah. And so, um, according to the nurse though, she says that there were only... 200 delinquent which is not a significant number by any means but why would they hold a clinic at two high schools for just 200 kids yeah it doesn't make sense because it's taxpayer funded through you know setting this up and whatever else they're doing there i didn't go i should have gone to just be a little spy but i i didn't and um but i'm you know i'm curious like one, you know, how many people attended? I, I guess I could do a, an information request and see. If yeah, that was going to be my follow-up question is whether or not anybody's done a PIR to see the the amount of funds that were used either with HISD or the health department or both. Right. But one thing that just came to mind was there was a, was, there was legislation passed. I think it was in the budget in the house or in the, the legislature this year that said that health departments, local health departments can no longer use funds to promote 
the COVID vaccine on its own. So this may be kind of their way of like wholesale getting people vaccinated against COVID because they're offering it alongside all of these other ones. So that's, that's another angle that makes wow. it even more interesting. And uh, <laughs> that's interesting. I didn't even know that. Uh, yeah. It doesn't surprise me because I mean, it, it's been a constant push to still get this thing. Right. And so it, it doesn't stop in the um, it's not the Houston health department. It's Harris County. Sorry. Yes. Health. They're just as bad. I follow them on both Instagram and Twitter and it's every day they are just blasting out, get your COVID vax, get your flu vax, you know, get your boosters, mm-hmm. spike vax, whatever these things are called, you know, and it's like, there's billboards all over the city for it too. I'm like, they just won't stop. It's, yeah. it's nonstop. I, I just, and I can't believe the people who are still going to get these things, but. Well, and they're having, you know, they're, you know, CDC is concerned because, only 14% of eligible Americans have opted to get this new annual COVID vaccine. You know, they're, they're promoting the, the triple shot. So COVID flu and RSV. Um, but the, the uptake has been so low, which, you know, finally, <laughs> but Good. this is, this is a way that we're seeing that they're going to try to increase compliance I mean, like I said, COVID is not required for any public school enrollment. Neither is flu, neither is RSV at this point. There's, you know, a limited number of vaccinations that are required, although you can exempt yourself out for almost any reason. But it's, we're, I think we're going to increasingly see these kind of end round ways to um, increase compliance with COVID now that we have effectively banned any COVID mandate in the state of Texas, which is great. It's a success, but it's like, there's, they're still going to find ways to compel and coerce people into doing it. Oh yeah. I I saw, have you talked to Dr. Bowden? Yes. Okay. Dr. Bowden posted today, which was great that how Methodist had to, and if, if you and your listeners, obviously I know you're aware, but Methodist hospital being in Houston was one of the biggest pushing hospitals in this city to make sure that their staff was vaccinated. Otherwise you couldn't work there anymore. And that's what happened to Dr. Bowden. Well, anyway, she posted today on Twitter and it was great. She's like, well, looks like they're backtracking now because they can't based on what just passed. uh, They can't force their employees to be vaccinated anymore um, per COVID. So, which is great. Thank God this is happening. But you know, at the same time, think of all these people who ended up, taking it because they were so afraid of losing their job. You know, Um, it just, it, the situation is, it's great where we're at now, but you know, all these people, I do, I do feel a little bit of, you know, sadness for them because, you know, at the same time, not all of us are strong minded. Okay. And, and some of these people really were, you know, scared. And at this point, you know, I think it's great where we're at, but geez. And there's, there's admittedly a lot of work to be done, not just in the area of COVID, but um, every vaccine. Right. And something that Texans for vaccine choice has been working on and it's a slow battle. It's a slow fight, but trying to get these vaccine clinics 
outside of school hours. So like, Mm. great, it was on an off day, but you're using your taxpayer money, your public school funds, you know, we're underfunding education, but you're using your public school funds to, um, to push these vaccinations. We want to try to separate the school districts from, from, you know, the health aspect, the, the physical health aspect. And that's, I think that's going to be even harder uh, as the years go by, because we're, like you said, we're, we're starting to tiptoe towards these whole community schools where you can get mm-hmm. every manner of um, medical care right. inside the school building or inside the district, at least to make it, you know, easier for people to access, but it's also easier to, you know, violate the tenets of informed consent. So it's, uh, it's a huge concern for us and has been for a very long time. But again, it's it's not the easiest battle to fight. So I and I want to make sure I'm quoting this correctly, but I do know. So when I was speaking with um, my whistleblower, she she did make a comment saying, you know, There was no consent form required for this specific off-campus clinic because parents have to go there anyway and bring their child. So the the parent or guardian is taking their kid, okay? Which guardian, hello, this also, it's another thing for me. It's like, okay, obviously not every child has their, you know, biological parent or whatever, but there was no consent form for this specific event. But she did mention something that alarmed me a little bit, um, saying that they do have to have consent forms if it's done in school. And I thought to myself, wait a second. (laughs) I'm like, wait a second. There should be, there should be none, none of this happening. She's never done that. It's not, she's never been a nurse who has ever provided a vaccination in school or ever. Like I said, she was uncomfortable with even doing this. This this is not something she wanted to be a part of. I need to find the exact language and I'll have to follow up with you on that. Yeah. um, I was a little bit red flagged on that one because I thought, wait a second, are they vaccinating in the school? Like, is this happening? And... If there are consent forms, because our, and maybe you know this, Michelle, are they doing flu shots inside school or is it outside school? It's typically, sometimes it's in the school, but it's a third party um, clinic. That's okay. That's been not- my experience in Round Rock ISD is that when they have had it, and it's been several years, but when they've had it, it's been um, a third party provider either in a mobile unit or like there's a specific area in the cafeteria that they cordon off. Um, The the gray area here with consent is in these situations, who is matching the signature on the consent form or the name on the consent form with the name on the child's records as Mm -hmm. the, the, the custodial parent in situations where you're, you've got a, got custody orders, like who is confirming that this parent can 
alone make that decision because most of this is, you know, 50, 50 in standard divorce cases. So in mm-hmm. my case, my personal case, I have a hundred percent decision-making authority for vaccination. So if my, uh, if my kid's father took them to get vaccinated, that would be a violation of a court order. So it's, there's so much, um, gray area that is typically not addressed. And I'm betting like, I would 100% put money on the fact that these nurses are not being trained in that area to to look out for this, whether it's a grandparent bringing a child. And we have heard too many stories, nightmare stories about grandparents who don't agree with the parent's decision not to vaccinate, but they the grandparents have the kid in their care like on the weekends or whatever, because the the parent works strange shifts and Mm -hmm. like it could be anybody taking this child in to get caught up. Well, that's, it's a good point because in Houston, I see we have a lot of, um, and it could be anywhere in Texas really, but I know for sure in Houston, I see there's a lot of um, refugee students, Mm. a lot. Okay. And you know, And I've noticed, too, that they always target the Hispanic communities. You know, it makes me wonder, like, what are they saying? My husband speaks Spanish. I don't. But, you know, it makes me wonder how they are coercing these families to go out to these events, too. Right. And I noticed this a a lot during the time that we fought against the masks. And I spoke with a lot of Hispanic families and many who were well-informed and were like, we don't agree with it. Um we just can't make it to the school board because we, it, it, you know, conflicts with my work schedule and all this. And, um, but we appreciate that you're speaking up. My child is totally, you know, is so upset about this. I spoke with one dad, he would cry because he didn't like wearing the mask. And, but he, but these families, these Hispanic families would tell me that, you know, they were always coerced into doing all these things. And I'm thinking, who's telling you this stuff? Like, and so think about it with vaccines, right? And for these people that are coming over the border and they're coming to our schools and these children, who are their guardians or who are their parents? Yeah. So um, I don't know. I just, it, it breaks my heart because there's so many unknowns here and the validation of it all, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you speaking up about this um, and and telling us the story and um, advocating for these nurses and the students in your district. So, I mean, I I deeply, deeply appreciate it. And hopefully we get to follow up soon about if there's any remedy for that child that was over vaccinated or um, if HISD is planning any of these in the future, how much they spent. Would love to touch base with you soon about that if you do a PIR. Um, Tell us where we can find you on social media or elsewhere. So I'm on Instagram at HTX Kids First and Twitter, the same HTX Kids First. Okay. And you just launched a Moms for Liberty in Harris County, right? Yes. So we are now, we are relaunched. We are the Moms for Liberty Harris County chapter. Um, I'm the vice chair and we have Two other, or no, three others, three other chairs are Chair Denise and um, 
we are excited to get started here in Houston and Harris County. We desperately need it. (laughs) So we need more people to come out. Harris County is the largest county in Texas, as everyone's aware, and there's so much work to be done. I mean, we have two of the largest school districts in Harris County, Houston ISD and SciFair ISD. So there's a lot a lot to do. So if you're interested, please reach out to me and I'd be happy to. So they can just reach out to you through HTX Kids First to join or come to a uh, we meeting? Also, well, we also have um, a Moms for Liberty uh, Facebook page, Harris County Facebook page. We have, we're on Instagram, which is moms for number four, Liberty um, Harris. So okay. moms for Liberty Harris. And then I can't remember what the Twitter handle is. We tried to keep them all the same, but you know how that worked. <laughs> so um, either way, you can find us on any of those or even message me on HTX Kids First and I'm happy to uh, get you in the right direction. So awesome. Well, thank you, Jackie. Thanks for joining us and we'll thank talk you. soon. Thank you for listening to the Shot Callers podcast. Please, if you found value in this content, rate us and share the podcast with a friend. It's a great way to get the message out and to empower everyone to make informed decisions. Until next time, never forget, we are the Shot Callers.